Hello, friends. I really appreciate you joining me again. So on the community tab, we have a, have a poll up there asking you guys if you'd be interested in a membership. And I really appreciate all your input on that. I put two different ideas, tentative ideas on there, and that can be changed as we go. I don't plan on doing starting memberships until after January, until after Christmas. But there's two ideas. Uh, we can change those. We can um, do with those as we need to because, you know, you guys are giving me a lot of valuable input. I do not want to feel, I do not want anybody to feel like they're being left out. Absolutely not. I don't want them to feel like, well, I'm taking a part of the show away just to give it to members. I don't want people to feel like that. What I want people to feel like, I want them to feel that they're helping to support the program because that is what, where the money goes. Not to me. The, the way I do the show, it, it costs some expenses. I'm basically right now paying you guys to watch, and I don't have a problem with doing that, but it it needs to be supported for it to continue. And the kind of material we go over doesn't get ad revenue from YouTube. The kind of stuff that you like to watch is cut off from advertisers. So that is the problem. I didn't do it. YouTube did it. And we're finding ways around that while giving you added value and helping you guys have added support. So if you don't like the idea, let me know why and We'll see if we can come up with a solution before we ever launch it. I'd really appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. I operate the show based on the golden rules, how I live my life, to treat people the way I would like to be treated. That includes everybody. So thank you guys for showing up. I appreciate it very much. We have a hell of a show for you today. We'll talk about it on the flip side of this. your host jerry adams you are watching and listening to midnight radio a shout out to all those listening live for those that are waiting and waiting for the show to start you can go to midnightrad.io that's our website get it midnight radio midnightrad.io and listen to a pre-stream of when i'm getting things ready i do that um i'm a big huge radio fan major there's going to be a lot more about the radio coming up that you guys can help us with that you're going to know about that you guys can actually be part of a radio station, a full-fledged one. More information on that coming up later, but not today. Today, oh, today we got a show for you. Today we have EVPs, that's Electronic Voice Phenomenon. I have a recording, and that recording came from one of our listeners. They sent me, they sent me this audio clip, and I'm going to read the story behind it. So this is a woman whose friend had just passed away. And she was speaking into a room, talking to him. She recorded this. And there was an anomalous sound. And you couldn't tell what it said. She asked me, because of my knowledge in audio engineering, she asked me, hey, Jerry, is there any way you can clean this up? Uh, Is there any way you could work with this? Or do you know somebody? And I said, I'll do it. So she sent me the file. 
I was I wanted to play it yesterday, but I had to wait till I got permission. I have permission today. She sent me the file. I cleaned it up. And without a doubt, she was spoken to. I'm going to play that on the show today. Clear as a bell. Clear as a bell for me. Also, what we have on the show today, but before I go into that, I forgot to tell you guys how important it is to subscribe and hit that bell because that is your radio. We usually start the show exactly by uh, 5.20. I had to do some things in the background because of software things going on. Not a problem. But that subscription and you hitting that bell is your radio. So as soon as I start broadcasting, boom, you guys know about it. That That's it. So that allows you to be in the conversation. And the conversation that we're having today is this. Of course, I have some mainstream media, M5M, Nancy Grace. What she's going to say about the case. You guys might have already have heard that, and that's fine and well. We're going to go over that today. We're also going to go over... One of the wildest ass speculations somebody sent me about this case that I've heard so far. And I debated with myself for a couple hours. I went back and forth talking to myself, Jerry, should I, should I talk about this? Is it right? I said, hell yeah. So we're going to go over that today. Absolutely. Um, We're going to go over the Dylan Rounds case. Um, I'm I'm becoming more and more interested in this story by the day. And I think maybe you guys can help find this man. Boy, really. So we're going to go into that today. Let me see what else I got here. We're going to hear from Athena Strand's mother. We got a couple news stories, one from Arizona and one from Princeton. We're going to go over those today. We're going to go over your calls. We're going to, I'm going to open up the phone line for your calls in the second half, and I have questions for you guys. I want to hear from you guys so I can understand the emotions behind memberships. Um, that's how I operate. I, I believe people that tell me how they feel, that has more pull with anything I've thought before. Does that make sense? So I give the person that's talking the benefit of the doubt. I want to know because, and we're going we're to do this slowly. We're going to do it right. And I want anybody to feel alienated because you guys are vitally important for me. Without you, there's no show. This is your show. And I want you to call in and tell me how you feel. And I want you to call in and tell me how you feel about this wild-ass theory that I'll present to you. I'll present it to you shortly. First of all, let's go to Nancy Grace, everybody. You love her. You know her. You love her. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Everybody that's here live. I woke up early. Hell, busted flush. How are you doing? Yeah, I know. Me too. Oh, my gosh. I do got some news for you. Let's see. Today's, what what is today's date? I'll do this real fast. Uh, It's Monday. Okay. On Thursday. We're going to go to 5 p.m., so you guys should like that, right? 5 p.m. on Thursday. 
and we'll be we'll be on 5 p.m. for a couple weeks. Okay. About so better better right okay. And then we'll go back to mornings. So here we go. We're always live at five somewhere. It'll be all right. All right, I'm going to toss it to you, Nancy. Idaho mystery It's been one month since the small community of Moscow, Idaho, was rocked by the brutal murders of four college students. As the desperate search for the suspect continues, police are warning the public to stay vigilant as students and families gather for fall graduation ceremonies, urging people to travel in groups and communicate with family and friends as you travel. Host of Crime Stories on Fox Nation. She just glossed over that, but people are worried about that because they issued, it was a little, it seemed a little more dire than the way she talked about it. Almost like there's, like, be very careful, there's somebody here. It just seemed more dire and people were worried about that. It's like, do they know about somebody? Do they actually have a suspect now? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now too. I got an email where some people said, and I'll show it to you when I go through the emails, that in Moscow, Idaho, there was a call about a disturbance and the police officer went over there and they think the call was from the screams in the house. So the police went over there. That's when they went, and they found those students walking across uh, across the field. That's what I heard. I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think Deputy Fife was over there trying to catch the kids. Nancy Grace joins us now. You know, Nancy, how much should we read into that remain vigilant message? Does that speak to the whereabouts of the killer or where they think this person might be? I do not believe that cops have established any semblance of a pattern. For instance, the killer is going to strike every four weeks uh, in the early morning of a Sunday. Uh, but I do believe 13th. that the cops would have been remiss had they not issued such a warning because... Oh, wait a second, guys. Hold on a second. Chat room, I'm looking at you guys. I need you to answer this real quick. Did the murder happen on November the 13th? Was it a Friday? Was it a Friday? If there is a pattern, it would have been this weekend in the early early morning hours of Sunday. And also, it would have been on this, let me say, four-week mark of the murders and also there okay. was a major gathering at campus on the night so it was on the 13th not a friday okay i'm like wait a second of the murders there's a huge event at kibble stadium thousands of people there for a game and this weekend there was a huge event commencement so too many mm, factors were again. similar for them not to have issued a warning do i believe they know who it is no do i think they've established a pattern no but i think they did it out of an abundance of caution i do uh, admire something the fbi has done in conjunction with moscow police and that is they have established a not only a tip line but they've also established a website where you can download digital data it can be a ring doorbell it can be a video from your car it can be your cell phone i think she meant upload digital data 
anything where you specifically download digital data. That combined with a tip line, very, very significant. Upload, I Nancy, also upload. think they may be looking at weather cams, red light cams, any cam there is. I think that's what Bathroom they're doing cameras. right now, in addition to debunking a lot debunking of rumors online. Slews. You know, Nancy, obviously there's a lot of frustration and the desire for answers, particularly for the families who are grieving, who, who want you know, to want to know what happened to their, their loved ones. So give us some perspective here. How often is it that four months into a murder or into an investigation like this that we still don't have the killer? Um, four weeks into four it, weeks, I apologize. Four very, weeks, thank you. Yeah, very, very often, very often, I have worked on cases up to a year, especially multi-victim homicide cases. I, I find they're both... She loves talking about herself. Come on, just tell us the facts, Nancy. Be on the lookout for the white Hyundai Elantra to be very, very significant. That's the first real thing we've heard, the first detail we've heard about their search. I know that the Canadian Border Patrol is on alert for that car you're showing right now. That's a stock photo. They don't have the car, but it looks like that. I think that's very significant. And, she's and not I would advise Jack. if they're not already doing it, and the FBI has this capability to pair cell phone data in that area. And if you look at an aerial shot of the home, they're on King. You see, there's not a major arterial road leading to the murder scene, which means you got to wonder, what was this car doing up in that almost cul-de-sac at 3 o'clock in the morning leaving? If they could pair cell phone data from a data dump, such as a Stingray type of, uh, of a, a procedure, and see cell phone data moving at that time, I think it would be extremely helpful. Nancy, thanks so much for providing, providing this perspective this morning. and for Yes, Nancy, thank you for um, stating the obvious. Thank you again. No problem. No problem there. All right, so I'm going to go to my emails and go over what I got. Again, this is... Uh, super wild ass speculation. Super wild ass. I want, matter of fact, uh, this is something I want you guys. I, I, I'll give you what I said on the email in response to this. This is a big WAS. This is something else. Why do I feel like if I go on air with this, I will get flogged unmercifully? Have you heard about this being talked about anywhere else? Uh, do we have confirmation of all this? So, again, I have no confirmation of this. This is a, a wild-ass theory. I'm not going to be saying names, but, I mean, the names will be... The, the actor, the character will be apparent. I'll just read this email to you, this part about it. It's crazy. Here we go.
All right. Tyler, whoop. There was a basketball coach, a former NBA. He was Ethan's coach since fourth grade. There's fear that Xana came between their long relationship and would expose info Ethan revealed to her. Xana was a target. Maddie and Kaylee, collateral damage, did not intend to harm Ethan, who he loved, but things went awry. Again, warning, wild ass speculation. I'm not saying this is true. I don't even think it's true. I want to know if you guys have seen this, heard about this, thought about this. The email says where the coach is from, and it's where Ethan's family resides on Mount Vernon. He posted on November 14th that he loved Ethan with a photo of arms around Ethan and his brother Hunter. He began a fundraiser for Ethan's memorial that the Chapin family said he could keep funds reportedly or allegedly. All this is alleged, very, you know, alleged. The Chapin family and that man are close. Few would believe this guy's responsible for murders or that he has amorous feelings for Ethan or Mel's younger than himself. The psychic sleuth did a reading, a channeling, that I initially dismissed until others corroborated the same story. She said he resembles Ted Bundy. If you go to a Facebook page, he matches a description. The broad shoulders... He's fit. He's strong. Recently, several reports of Ethan being involved in an argument and a fight with this same guy. It may be this man resurfaced. Other suggestions is that this guy paid students, perhaps jackass. Jackass. You know, when I say jackass and I say jackass, it sounds the same. My accent, perhaps he paid students, perhaps jackass at the grub truck to shadow Maddie and Kaylee ETA home. And Jack K said to be driving the Hyundai Elantra with Xana and Ethan passengers on eve of 1120. Uh, JK is a fraternity pledge. Uh, The Hyundai is owned by his brother, reportedly. He may have been paid, been a paid informant of that man. Maybe paid for the location and status of Zen and Ethan. Uh, Jack K was first to contribute $6 per victim to Memorial Fund and posted Best Weekend Ever, Deadly. Again, all this is wild-ass speculations. I'm not saying it's true. I don't even think it's true. It hasn't been verified. Not one ounce of it has been verified by me. And to be able to verify that, I actually need your help. That's why I wanted to bring this to you guys. To bring it to you guys and to see what you think about it. So that is why I'm saying this and letting you guys know. So there you go. Okay, let me see what else I have for you guys.
you can see, you can sear the conscience, but you cannot silence it. The killer is in his or her personal torment. No such thing as, as feeling clever about such an act. He or she will be brought to justice because of Proverbs 15.3, which I'm not sure what Proverbs 15.3 is off the top of my head. I'm going to admit there's a lot of people that think that the scream is still real. They're they're telling me that the 45-minute uncut version of the body cop cam has that scream in it somewhere. It's been verified that the scream by Joseph Morris is completely fraudulent, completely fake. I'm not sure what all the follow-up is, except for people putting videos, you know, lambasting him. They've been, from what I hear, they've been frying his ass like a couple of cheap all-beef patties from McDonald's all online, and he took the video down. Actually, he privatized it. He didn't want to delete it because why? He didn't want to delete it because he wanted to keep his views because that's what he's here for. So this is one sent to me too. Um, I wanted you to know that if you go to the city of Moscow website, there's a lot of information regarding the happenings with the case, factual info. So that was a good one. We're about to go to the phone calls. My stomach's grumbling. All right, so let's go to your voicemails now. And then we'll go to our EVP. And then we're going to talk about Dylan Rounds. Ah, which reminds me, I need to get the email about the EVP. While you're waiting. All right, here we go. Got it right here. All right, go to the voicemails. Sunday. All right. I think I've already played this. Let me double check. Okay, yeah. So I got one. All right. I'm still going to play this again. All right, here we go. Hey, um, so I can get in touch with Joe Vidot um, live, my friend was telling me. So there's a lady here that can get in touch with Joe Vidot. I'm going to put in the community tab... I'm going to put a post up there about what questions you guys would want to ask Joe Vidot. We're going to come up with a list. Again, this is your show. We cover what you guys want to cover. And you guys had already started in the video where I already played this, saying what questions you would have for them. You had very good questions. So what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a list of questions on the community post right below it in the comment section. Put your questions. I'm going to send this to the lady. She's the one that's going to inter- interview Joe Vidot, and she's uh, she's like our media liaison right now. She's uh, She has a one-degree separation from Joe. So you guys give us those questions in. Um, you guys that are listening live, just listening on the live audio stream, you can 
Call in 325-261-0892 and leave a voicemail message of what you would like to ask Joe. Uh, you can also email email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com and ask and put what you would like to ask Joe. And if you're on Spotify, I'd like to say hello to everybody from Spotify for the podcast. It's been one great year on Spotify. I'd like to thank Spotify for partnering with me and you guys, I'm going to put, let's see, you guys can also contact me. There's a button there uh, for messages. If you're overseas, you can click that. It's, it's on uh, the about page. But let me go ahead with the rest of this. Uh, to ask him questions about what the girls were saying that night, because I started uh, hammering down on my friend who said that he's friends with one of the food truck people. And so I started asking him, and, I, and he said it was Joe. And so I started hammering him with questions, and he said, I don't know. He's like, you can, he said he goes live every now and then on TikTok, if you have a TikTok account. And, of course, I don't. So um, he said, well, you have to have a 1,000 followers to go live with him. But he said he can get me in there to do a live with Joe to ask him these questions. All right, so let me explain who Joe Vidot is he's a guy that had the beard he was standing right beside jackass and she he's the one that maddie pointed at and said f you mister because he was making fun of her or something we assume so a lot of you on the comment section had questions like okay joe what did joe say to her what was the conversation preceding that f you mister and what followed it you know other than the character, he talked and had interviews before where Joe Vidot, this is the big guy, the chubby guy with the beard. They were asking, uh, he was telling them that Jack S um, was just trying to make sure they got home safely. He was a really good guy. That's what, that's what Joe said. Then we look at the footage of Joe, and it looks like, well, maybe Jack was a good guy, but it doesn't seem like Joe was a good guy. Not that I think he did it, but... It was a conversation there. That's what you guys wanted wanted to know, and I'm sure some of you have other questions. On the spot. So I don't know. Um, anyways, I just wanted to put that out there and let you know that that's an option so we can ask Joe. <laughs> anyway, this is Mindy, So, um, and I don't want to leave my number if you're going to put me on the air. But Thank you, Mindy. We're, we're going to get back with you on this as a community. We're going to have some questions for Joe. Again, Joe Vidote is not the man from that owns the grub truck. There's a lot of Jacks, a couple Joes. It's, it's the guy that was standing right beside Jack ass. And I want to say, if any of you guys would like to call in and leave a voicemail message during the week, because I know this is an early show. I know you guys can't watch it live, a lot of you, and, and those that are here, you guys are amazing, seriously. But I know you guys watch it in the afternoon. You can still call in if you have a question, if you have something you'd like to say, if you'd like to join in the conversation, 325-261-0892. If you just watch the, the podcast on Spotify, you can call that number. It's all the same. We're one giant community here. If you just listen to the live stream, the audio feed, and because you don't have access to YouTube or what else, or you're driving down the road, you can still call in. All right. I'm ready to go into this EVP. What do you guys think about EVPs? I know some of you listening want to talk about EVPs. Maybe you've 
done it before. Maybe you don't believe in it. Maybe you do. Let me share this story with you. Her name is Bittersweet. That's all you need to know. If you see her in the chat room, say hello, Bittersweet. Hi there. I made a comment on top of one of your recent videos about a possible EVP recording. Some backstory. My friend Joe passed away in May 2018. He overdosed. I felt so guilty that I didn't help him and was very grief-stricken. This event caused me to deep dive into the supernatural and try to contact him. I contacted a supposed medium, and I am somewhat of a skeptical person, and I felt like her reading wasn't very helpful or specific enough, etc., and I didn't really buy it. Months after the phone reading, I decided to record and try myself. 18 seconds long, artifact at six seconds. Then I ask, then I ask, Joe, are you here with me? You can hear what sounds to me like a reply, yes, at 10 seconds. Then I say something like, I love you. I also should mention, I tried to adjust the audio myself four years ago with free phone apps to try and hear it better, and I didn't know what I was doing. I'm still trying to find the original for you. It's been so long, and I've been through a lot of phones. I hope you can tell what the heck I did, but you can still hear everything. It's just, it has been altered only in that way to try and hear it better. I hope the link works for you. I'm not really savvy, but I, I do try. I have that EVP for you right now. So what she did, I could tell what she did, and what she did was uh, she adjusted the gain or the, or the volume levels, what she did. And, yeah, that did have some repercussions on the actual audio file itself, but I was able to fix that. Um, it took all the dead sound in the room, and it amplified the background noise, maybe the air conditioner running or just... It's uh, background noise sounds like this, you know, a staticky sound, unless you have a lot of equipment that takes it out. Well, I processed this with software that I, I have. You guys ready? I'm going to play it again. Did you guys hear that? So what I'm hearing, Joe, are you here with me? I'm hearing, yes, I am. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link to this file to where you can listen to it in the description below this video. I'm going to the chat room to see what you guys think about this.
There is a lot of conversation we could have about somebody unaliving themselves. I was thinking about this recently, and I guess I'll share it with you, and then I'll play the audio a couple more times. Somebody says they don't get it. Maybe they don't hear it. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe for those of you that don't hear it, when you actually have the audio file that you can click on and listen to, you know, not that you can download it, but click on it and listen to it. Maybe then you'll you'll hear it. I have these earphones on, so I can hear it very well. But I'll play this after I say this. So let's think about this. I was thinking about unaliving yourself, and the Bible doesn't talk about unaliving yourself, but it's common thought, especially in the Catholic religion, that it's it's an immortal sin an immortal sin that one sin that you commit and there's no forgiveness for it. it's a ticket straight to hell and also divorce and a few other ones but the bible actually says that there's one sin that's unpardonable and that is blasphemy of the holy spirit but i'm not preaching to you guys i'm just going over i'm going over my in-depth study about this but jesus himself in the bible said that those who can't forgive are destined for hell those who can't forgive if you do not forgive you will not be forgiven he said that a lot which i find very eerie isn't it anyway so i was thinking about on this unalifing topic and i thought about there's some people like we think that this moscow killer before he ever gets taken alive, we feel like he might unalive himself because of the cowardice acts he did. He'll be a coward in prison too, and he knows it. So we're thinking that maybe he'd unalive themselves. So I'm thinking if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. If you do something like that, and or people that have done stuff and feel real guilty and then they take their own lives, then maybe if you can't forgive yourself, that counts too as not being able to forgive. So perhaps then you are doomed. But then again, what about those people who are in terminal illness and a lot of pain and they terminate their own living because of it putting a burden on their family, not because they're not forgiving, but because they love or because they hurt? The answer is this, I don't know. I I really don't know. That's where my I stop with it. Um everybody has their different opinions. I have mine, you have yours. I like to talk about it. In the chat room someone's saying I would never presume to choose for another person. A person's choice is a soul's journey. I also do not care about the Bible, nor do I think the church has a right to condemn a soul. So, moving right along here, I'm going to play this for you again. Nobody is being rowdy in the chat room or the comments, but I do want to say, when we go over delicate, these are delicate topics. I believe it's important to hear other people's point of view, but don't belittle it. Listen to it.
I do think this. It's an epidemic for young people right now, and uh, it's horrible. I do also believe the voice answering her back was not necessarily Joe. Dylan Rounds. Dylan Rounds was last seen at the Saddle Sore Bar in Montello, Nevada on May 26, 22. On May 28th, he spoke with his grandmother, but that was the last time anyone heard from Dylan. That was May 28th. On May 30th, he was reported missing. Later that day, his boots and maroon Ford truck were found on his property, age 19, height 5'11", weight 160. If you have any info about Dylan Rounds, please call 435-734-3800. 435-734-3800. Again, that is 435-734-3800. So let me tell you about Dylan Rounds for those of you that don't know yet. Let's see. Again, his name is Dylan Rounds. He was 19 when he went missing. The last person that talked to him was his grandmother. As he worked on his farm in a remote town of Lucen in northwest Utah, if I'm mispronouncing anything, please correct me. Let me show you these pictures here. Volunteer searchers are searching mine shafts right now because it is common knowledge in this part of the country that a body could be hidden in a mine shaft and no one would ever find it. That's the word on the street. Um, which is important when you're investigating or searching and thinking about these cases that happen in parts of the country you know nothing about, okay? That is why we're currently booking people for interviews who live in the parts of, um, of Idaho that the case of the Idaho 4 is in. So we can know more about it. We can know more about the hunting. We can know more about the climate. We can know more about the politics. Stick with us. We have... We have some uh, information, uh, some interviews coming up. Make sure you subscribe and you hit that bell so you can join in the conversation when we have those interviews. Now, this is a picture of his farm. Now, there's a farm apparently in the dirt. So what are they farming? Now, what happened to him after he hung up the phone remains a complete mystery. He was reported missing two days later, and a search of his property yielded a pair of 
bloodied boots found dumped behind a dirt pile that family members believed belonged to Dylan. Dylan's truck was also still parked next to his trailer. The vehicle had been pressure washed, and the driver's seat was moved very far back or very far forward as if a shorter person drove it. Also, the key fob of the truck was missing, and the car was locked, something apparently that Dylan never did. We're about to hear from the parents. Additionally, Dylan's pistol was missing from his trailer, and no tracks or footprints were found on the ground. This, did you see that picture of the dirt? How could you not leave tracks here? There's no grass. Months of appeals from police and Dylan's family seeking information. They don't have anything. But there's a guy named Lance Kelly who's been scouring the desert of Utah every day for months in search of answers for the Rounds family. Uh, We're going to work on getting an interview with him. Until then, let me go ahead and play this interview, a bit of the interview I have with the parents. I'm I'm going to play it a little bit faster, but not too much so where you're not going to be able to hear what they say. We'll try this. I'm Aiden Eaton talking with Candace Cooley and Justin Rounds today. These are Dylan Rounds' parents. It's been several months since he disappeared right before Memorial Day, and his parents are here today because they want to talk about some new developments on their end, also raise awareness that he is still missing. Yes. Uh, six, seven months later now? Five. Five months. Okay. Five. Uh, thanks for coming in, you guys. Candace, let's just start right from the beginning, right before Memorial Day that weekend. The, Dylan calls his grandmother, says he has to get the grain truck inside the shed because it was going to start to rain to pick it up from there. So then he was going to call her back, and nobody heard from him. So that's when by Monday we had all touched on base on May 30th that morning and nobody heard from Dylan and that's when we all headed to the farm. So that was the last contact. I'm going to let everybody know that yes, you're hearing what I'm playing faster. I'm doing that on purpose. I'm doing that for time constraints and also uh, I'm not trying to steal any of their content. I'm just trying to go under the terms of fair use. So that's what's going on with that. There's nothing wrong with your listening device. Act, uh, that day. So when we got out there, we called Box Elder, made a missing persons report. Searching rescue came out, um, a couple officers, and that's when an hour and a half, maybe an hour and a half into the search, that's when his boots were found behind the dirt pile. And on the boots was blood. blood. Random place to find boots. Correct. Um, we now know how the boots got there. Um, Can you tell us? Brenner has admitted he's the one who took the boots out there. So James Brenner was a man squatting on nearby property, correct? On the same property the grain shed's on. On the same property of the grain shed. James and Dylan knew each other. Correct. Friends? He worked for him off and on. Acquaintances. Yeah, acquaintances. Kind of became somewhat friends. Okay. So James has since told you all, told you guys? Told law enforcement. Told law enforcement that he put Dylan's boots there. Correct. How did he get Dylan's boots? So he said he found him by the shed, picked him up, moved him by his camper somewhere, and then decided that Dylan wasn't coming back for them. Those boots, and, and Dylan hadn't been there in almost a month. He was overworking in Independence Valley and on the wine cup. Dylan had not been to loose And Brenner had said he hadn't seen Dylan in months, um, a month, somewhere in that timeline. Those boots were not in that desert during that rainstorm on Friday. Those boots no, didn't even have dust on them. I bet you when Brenner put them there, mud. or mud, it was Monday when he knew we were coming out and he had to get rid of them. Okay, so, so back up a little bit. He said he found the boots by his shed. By the shed. By the, the shed that was there and that he hadn't seen Dylan in a month, so he needed to just get rid of them. 
Or pick them up and move them twice. And then, move. So he yeah. moved them from the shed area to behind the dirt pile. He moved them twice from the shed area to by his camper, I guess, and then... So Dylan had said, he, I mean, Dylan called my mom at roughly around the gate yes. for the phone ping. Right after that, he called Brenner. Brenner. And Brenner had said he'd been at his place all day Friday and Saturday. all day Saturday until 2.30. And he went to a barbecue. And never seen Dylan. And never saw anyone. And Dylan's phone was shown pinging at the grain shed and then went back to Dylan's on Saturday. Camper. And then came back to Jim's and then left and went all the way to the Lucin Pond and that's where we found Dylan's phone. Was in the Was pond. in Lucin Pond. So his boots were found in a place that he wasn't even at with hit, with blood on it. Do we have positive ID on the blood yet? I don't have information to that. What, what about the blood, the DNA on the, the boots? Was it Dylan? We don't know. Wow. Um, okay, so so the, the first you know, kind of big development that, that you're sharing is that the boots, Brenner has told law enforcement that the boots, he put the boots out by the dirt pile. Yeah. The second thing that you just said, Justin, is that Dylan's phone was found in the pond. I do want to say this too. So the boots being in a place that Dylan was not at with blood on it, if it does show to be Dylan's, and Dylan is missing Usually that's probable cause of murder, so they can start and they can lock the person up. But he's not been locked up yet. What's going on here in the chat room? People think that it's a possible FBI or a possible government cover-up. Yes, yes. Lucin Pond. And it was pinging in Dylan's area, like Justin just explained, all day. That phone never left that area. Right after the phone call to my mother, he called G- Jim Brenner, probably, I would assume, to... Open the, um, gate. open the gate and then he went up to Jim Brenner's the phone did and was around there for a while and then went back to Dylan's place and then back to Jim Brenner's and stayed there the rest of the day on Saturday until around 2 30 or so which is when Brenner said he stopped at the pond before he went to Don's for lunch so he placed himself at the pond when Dylan's phone was stolen in the pond and Brenner told this to law enforcement mm-hmm. again so Brenner said the day Dylan disappeared which happened to be the same time that Dylan's phone is pinging by the pond Brenner from the backside of the property back yeah. to the pond. Brenner said he stopped by the pond on his way to Don, who also lives out there for lunch. But yeah. going the back way, so if you if you pull up that picture, if that first time Diesel Brothers was out there, you'd see, you know, you got the pond over here, you got... So, let me get this straight. You guys are sleuths and wild-ass speculators, like you're trying to dig for gold. And... All of us should shut up about every crime and not talk about it, let people do their jobs. And they don't do their jobs. They just, these police just sit around and look at stuff with both hands on their ass, not knowing the difference between their ass and a mine shaft. And you guys shouldn't talk about it. Don't worry. Uh, the M5M, they'll take care of it. Anything you need to know, we'll go through them and let them know. Well, we don't do our jobs. It's okay. You know, we're paid professionals. We've, we've got, hey, hey, listen. I've gone to a six-week course on how to be a police officer, and I can do a push-up five years ago. Again, I'm not saying this about all cops. I'm not, I'm not at all. When I'm, talk, when I'm talking about it this way, I'm talking about the upper levels of, of uh, management, the communication management, and them trying to tell you how to think. This is what I'm getting at. Um, I have no problem with police force. I have a problem with the management of the upper level and the social engineering behind it. 
Brenner's and you got Dylan's. So Dylan's phone made it to the pond the back way. The only person who takes that back way is Brenner. Mm. Have they retrieved the phone? Yes. Do you know, is there any, any did it sal salvage any information or is it We, we had all this phone information already. We cloned it and there was nothing. There's nothing like as far as calls or texts or anything? Nothing unusual. What was the date of Saturday? The 18th of June. The 18th of June is when they found it. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, he was there. And just a search and rescue, they'd been going across the pond all the way just as they were about to get to the very end. That's when they found it. And you're saying the phone pinged at Renner's trailer, at his property. Yes. yes. But he said that he hadn't seen Dylan. Correct. Yes. And, and that he'd been there all and day. And that he'd been there all day, but he'd never seen Dylan. But Dylan's phone's pinging. Friday night, Dylan's phone was pinging out in where he was Farming. drilling. Yep. It's the Triticale. Which he. And this man's still not arrested, right? Less than half of crimes are solved. So it's not like there's a high success rate. Yeah. But I. I you know, this sounds. Like I'm contradicting myself, I'm not. I do support law enforcement. There was an article here where I live about a town, you know, a big town a little bit farther over. And it was a, it was a big, what do you call it? Um, it was a political mess. They found out that the police department were giving IQ tests to the potential police candidate. This is a true story. And if somebody was beyond a certain intelligence point, as in they were smart, they were, they wanted average and under average for the police cadets and they wouldn't hire them if they were smart enough. And it was investigated to find out why they did that. And they said, well, people with a certain intelligence are more compliant to the rules than people with intelligence over a certain level. And it was a big scandal here where I'm at. It was in the newspaper. That was one thing uh, me and JT Kinderfeller were going to talk about, but we didn't get into that. Again, JT's going to be back. He has a lot more to share. But there is more behind this. Are we going to be shut up? No. Are we going to be locked out? No. Are we going to stop talking about this? These cases? No. Are we going to be cautious? Yes. Should people listen to Fruit Loops like us? Probably not. But this is where we come to talk about it. We're safe over here. Should we call the tip line for every little thing we talk about? No. Do they want us to? I don't think so. But you can call my line, phone number 325-261-0892. I want to hear your wild-ass theories. I want to hear your wild-ass speculations. So does everybody that listens, to. It's okay here. It's a safe place to do that. you got to separate it. Nobody needs to listen to us. Don't worry about us. We're, we're just the Fruit Loops, right? That's okay. This is our place. This is our clubhouse. You guys. But you know what? It makes a difference. It really makes a difference talking about this. Talking about Dylan Rounds. Talking about the Moscow Four. Talking about this makes a difference because it keeps it in the public eye. And you know what? It, this isn't going to stop. It is not going to stop. The more we look into it, I mean, there's, I mean, wild ass speculations that don't mean anything like the email I read you today probably doesn't. I'm not saying it does. Don't harass the person. But that being said, things pop up. Bodies are found. After this, I'm going to show you the man that is investigating this every day. He's looking into these mine shafts. All right. I'm going to show you some of what he's doing and, um, yeah, he has a YouTube channel where he does it. He's brought awareness to this. 
He had been there. Dylan, you know, yes, had been there. Yes. But as far as everything after that phone call to Grandma, while there may have been movement on the phone, you don't know if that was actually him. No, we the, know it wasn't Dylan. You know well, it wasn't Dylan. We, yeah. I mean, we would assume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it wasn't answering. That's we don't why. Know when it went up and moved around to the grain shed, if Dylan was with the phone when it went back to Dylan's place, yeah. or if it went with Dylan, we don't we don't, we don't know any of that. The the one thing is all the evidence is is at where Brenner was squatting with that shit, so we don't feel it was Dylan going back to the. I mean, I think Dylan's phone, but I don't think. It was Dylan. So let's talk about his Dylan's truck that was there on the property. You originally went out there and you guys got inside, right? Broke yes. the window. Just Broke the window to get inside because you didn't have the key fob to unlock Correct. it. And did, what did you find in the truck? Nothing. Nothing unusual. What we were looking for wasn't there. The yeah. gun. The gun. That's all we were looking for was his guns. His guns. His guns. Did you ever find his guns? The his, shotgun. The shotgun was here in Idle Falls. The guy that worked for me went to the house that Dylan stays at and the shotgun was here. But the pistol we did not find. Until it came back. Until it came back a couple days later. What do you mean until it came back? So when we when we went to Dylan's farm, we were specifically looking for his guns. That was his guns and Dylan. Two things. That was it. So we walked in the camper. Justin and I both walk in, go through it all. On his bathroom sink was his gun case. No gun in it. Opened it. You know, it's got the foam. Nothing. Opened the medicine cabinet. The next day, his sister cleans up. All right. I'm going to stop that right there. But um, we're going to move on. We got more in this case right here. I'm going to put the links to all of this in the description below for everybody listening to this. So here we go with, it's called earthworm infertainment. All right. We're not even going to listen to his audio because, well, it's really loud. I just want to show you some of this. This is the kind of terrain that they have to go over looking for this man. I mean, it is a desert, but he did find a creek, right? I'm going to give you guys all the info on this case that we that is available so far in the description below, and we're going to continue to cover it. Because... This man goes yep, out every day. Stove. So... This man goes out every day to look for this stuff. Double check this. I don't know how he line over it. here. Inch by inch, square First by time square. I went in it, peeked around for a minute. Got my ass out of there. Because. Okay, so how do you think this relates to her son being missing? This this is one of the men who, along with the. Dylan's father is hunting for him every day and he does videos. Yeah. And he does videos of him searching all the mine shafts. This is how this relates. This is the man right here. Kind of freaky, so uh just gonna kinda poke around a little bit more and look for any other possible like air vents or other possible areas where you could get into the mine, so that's the plan. Again, he goes out every day. I'm going to really speed this up for you guys watching just so you can get through the video. I want you to see the terrain, the train that they're looking through. The kind of stuff we're looking at for his body. And and what kind of farm was this? What can you grow in dirt like that? Does anybody know? I'm going to find out if, if we get an interview. 
Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying, chat room. So he does have members to his channel. I imagine he uses it to help support the search. Here's some of the videos he has. He had a website. He had this channel before, but he, you know, his videos weren't related to. Weren't related to any of this. So this is nine hours ago. He says, I check out some really cool caves and animal dens with bones from bobcat tracks. like a human earthworm. See what he says and it's about. We are Bring Them Home search teams, a nonprofit that goes out and searches for missing people. Our goal is to find anyone missing and reunite them with their families. And they have uh, information to help donate to their search efforts. Let's go to the chat room right now because they, they have some interesting conversation going on. And those, those of you that are listening to audio only, well, you're not privy to that, are you? So let's see what the chat room has going on. Always, always something good. Always entertaining, I'm sure. But no, they had some good information, so we're going to look at it. So, supposedly, Dylan's mother owes $2 million in debt, and somebody's asking, this is alleged, all alleged, but there's rumors going around that this was a government hit job. And someone's asking, what does the government have to do with that? And how does her being $2 million in debt, how does that relate to Dylan? These are all very good questions. If you, if you have a theory about that, you can call in the voicemail line. We're about to open up the phones now. And again, I want to know how you feel about the memberships. Uh, what's your experience with him? Somebody said, a couple people said, once creators start memberships, they it's a downfall of their channel. That's freaking awesome. You have stories about that. I want to hear it. Um, Dylan Rounds, what what have you heard? Um, what do you think might have been the reason for someone to take this young man's life? Do you think it was just this guy that lived beside him? Which, I mean, it, it does seem like it points to that. Why isn't this man arrested? How do you feel about that? What do you, how do you feel about police solving murder cases? Or detectives, I should say. What do you think about that? What do you think about EVP I played? Did you hear it? Could you hear it? These are things that I would like to know. 
I think there's a lot of shady guys that live out there. They got mad at Dylan for being young and having land, and they took him out. You know, it might have been over something about the land for sure. For sure. I can see that. I do think that is valid. I do think that's very valid. All right. Go over a couple more things. Uh, This broke my heart. This case. Uh, Athena Strands. This is a FedEx driver. This makes me upset. You know what? Quick story. My my son is afraid of FedEx drivers now. Okay? And it has nothing to do with me. My son doesn't watch my show. He's really young. Uh, so he was at his grandmother's house, and she was watching it on the news, and she was like, oh, my God. You know, this FedEx driver came to the house delivering a Christmas present, takes a little girl and murders her takes her life and then now my son is definitely afraid of fedex driver it's like oh no grammy is the fedex driver gonna get me this horrible case beyond just sickening whenever i think about it i don't want to delay that i'm going to go ahead and invite maitland to come up and share her remarks with you Good morning, and thank you all for being here. My name is Maitland, and I'm the mommy of Athena Presley Monroe Strand. On November 30th, a FedEx delivery man drove onto Athena's father's property to deliver a package of what was supposed to be a Christmas present for our daughter. Oh my God, it was her own present. This is the package. It's the first time I'm seeing it. The package is containing, you can be anything Barbies. Athena was robbed of the opportunity to grow up to be anything she wanted to be. And this present, ordered out of innocence and love, is one she will never receive. Athena's favorite holiday was Christmas, as it is for many children everywhere. The joy Athena gave her family and the joy she felt on Christmas is something we will never feel with her again. That delivery driver admitting to kidnapping and killing my innocent, free-spirited seven-year-old daughter on Friday, December 2nd. At the time of Athena's abduction, she was staying with her stepmother and father in Paradise, Texas, doing what what kids do, playing within the bounds of her father's property on the same land he grew up and played on, the same land that for 20 or more years, he, his siblings, and all of his friends had been safe. I was supposed to bring Athena back home to Oklahoma after Christmas break. Now instead, Athena will be cremated and she will come home in an urn because I'm not even, I'm not anywhere close to being ready to let my baby go. I'm sorry. I will never see her bright blue eyes or her ornery smile again. I will never be able to hear her say, I love you, mommy. I will never be able to do her hair again or to hold her while she sleeps. I was robbed of watching her grow up by a man that everyone was supposed to be able to trust to do just one simple task, deliver a Christmas present and leave. 
Tomorrow will be the last time I get to see my baby. After tomorrow, when the silence sets in, Athena's family, including her three young sisters. I do want to break in here and say something. Um, the reason why I'm playing this is because I want anybody in the future that thinks about doing something like this to, to think twice, more than twice. They're seeking the death penalty for this man. He'd been accused of barring somebody before. He, she was 16 and he was 18 and she told people that he did this and they didn't believe him. They didn't believe her. And this was on her Facebook at the time. And she said, see, I told you guys what he did. You didn't believe me. For all those that didn't believe me, F you. Because he was a manipulator. And he made everybody think she was just a jilted girlfriend. People like this are manipulators. We'll start the journey of all of the first without her. Her little sister's third birthday, then my 27th birthday, our Christmas Eve tradition, the first time in seven years of not hearing and seeing the excitement of Athena opening gifts from Santa and Sissy. I ask everyone to hold your littles just a little tighter for me. I want to take a moment to thank the community for the outpouring of love and support from the moment Athena went missing. This community flew into action and they have not stopped. I've felt your prayers. I've read your messages and your letters and I see your pink everywhere. There are no words to express how thankful I am for the first responders, law enforcement and responding agencies, volunteers, churches, businesses, and all those I, I may have felt to list. I'm also grateful to the media for helping keeping All right, moving right along here. I'm going to open up the phone lines now. I saw, let me go ahead here. Somebody said in the comments, why play on our emotions with these sad stories makes no sense to me. Let me explain again. I'll reiterate one more time why I'm here and why you're here. I'm a writer. I am a writer. I've been a writer. I will be a writer. This is an outflow of what I do. Every day I look at these stories without you guys before I even started the show. I would go over these sad stories myself. I would go over whether this is something I wanted to cover or write about or not, and I just decided to invite you in with me, and this is where we're at. This is an extension of me. I'm sharing myself with you. I cry. I hurt. This is what I feel from these stories. If I don't feel emotion for these stories, they're not worth sharing. This show is not having. It's not a conversation worth having. That is why I do it. I think it is sick what he did. I want everybody to know how sick he was. I want people to see the pattern of what he's been doing in his life. I want people to know that they should listen to victims. Okay? Whether it is who did what he did to that other young girl when she was 16 he was 18. Or whether it's somebody running for president saying having accusers of 
you know, um, being art or sexually uh, emmed or anything like that from them. And they're not listened to on a national level. This is why I talk about it. This is why we talk about it. This is why we care. What, where the hell would we be if we didn't talk about it? That's sweeping it under the rug. I'm not here for anything else but to share myself, what we care about, what we want to talk about. This is the reason this might not be for everybody, and I completely understand it. It's not for me. Oh, my God. Should we never talk about any of this? I don't think so. Uh, and I'm not picking on the person that said that. I'm with her. I'm, I'm absolutely, or him, I'm absolutely there. But this is why. Oh, my God, this is why. This is not okay. We need to stand up and uh, beyond screaming about how, how horrible and vile this is. Uh, no, that's okay. That's okay. You, you did make a good point. That's my point. I'm not railing at you in the chat room. I'm not. Please don't take it that way either. But I do understand what you're saying. And I, I, honestly, I'm not talking about you. I don't want to offend the person in the chat room that said that. because. But I mean, they're telling us to shut up. They're telling us not to talk about this stuff. I know. I get pressure from YouTube about talking about this stuff because they can't get sponsors uh, to advertise on these videos that you guys, that we, we care about, you know. So there we go. All right, so here's what someone else says. Right, you think people like this happening, it needs to be talked about to leave it to the professionals. Good, I'm glad you're not offended. All right, so let me open up the, those phone lines for you. I want to hear your outrage about this. You're hearing mine. Do you guys care? You might have an opinion that these things shouldn't be aired. I shouldn't talk about this. I don't have a problem with your opinions. I have a problem with uh, social control and manipulation. That's, that's, that is something I have a problem with. Uh, you guys aren't doing that. All right. It's an emotional, it's an emotional, emotional stories for you guys. It's emotional stories for me. Um, I'm opening up the phone lines now. Phone line is three, two, five, two, six, one, zero, eight, nine, two. You guys. Hello, midnight caller. This is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. This is Pat. I'm in Tennessee. Would you like a quick uh, Dylan Rounds 101? Yes, I would, please. So basically his grandparents bought him this property right there on the border. Okay, it was a farm that had been farmed before. So this young kid just graduated from high school, didn't want to go to college. So his grandparents bought him this place out in the middle of nowhere where the scumbags live. Long story short, he was he had water rights. You can grow anything out there if you have a water rights. I'm not sure what he was growing. I think it was soybeans, but 
Anyway, he had a truck full of seeds that he was parking that day when he called his grandma. It was, it was raining. So he called his grandma and said, hey, I'm going to go park this shed down the road where they let me use the place. So he went down there, used the place to go park his shed so his, his seeds wouldn't get wet, and then that's when he disappeared. Also, where he was living, so he lived a distance from where he was planning. Where he was living, there was a guy who's a criminal who killed him. For some reason, I don't. I mean, but it goes on and on. His mother is fighting for, 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 for people to look into this for help, just like um, Kaylee's dad. Except she's not. She's not putting out all. She's not putting herself out there and making herself a suspect like, like Steve is. But anyway, I just wanted you to know the 101. The story goes on and on. It's really interesting. And people have been looking and looking. They found his boots in the back. I mean, you could tell that they have the one guy in custody on a weapons charge. It's a long story, Jerry, but um, you'd be great covering it and reading into it. So I just wanted to give you the 101. Again, my name's Pat. All right. Hold on. Before uh, you go, before you go, I got a question for you about this. The man that they think that the parents were just talking about that they think killed him, the outlaw that was living there, uh, squatting, have they arrested that man yet? Yeah, he's in jail. He's in jail, but not on not on these charges. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate um, you calling. They're in. kind of hard to pin down the charge. It's so complicated, you know. And and they didn't they didn't inspect the scene. He went in and hid stuff. It was just horrible. And his mother was fighting at the time, just like Steve is now, saying, "Hey, y'all need to inspect this. Someone killed my son. My son's missing. This is mm-hmm. normal." And they were and they found his boots at the end of a junkyard it was all just you know to make it a mystery but i mean it's obvious he was killed by this squatter who lived in the trailer who got mad that he was parking or you know using the facilities and making use of it but and there's also this this will freak you out the grandmother paid for a a private investigator first thing he did was say dylan was gay his pay his mother freaked out his mother and father freaked out and were like my son is not gay this was one of those PIs on, you know, those G2T uh, PIs mm-hmm. trying to make a name for himself. I know anyway, it's so interesting, Jerry. You'd be great, but it's deep, man. It's oh. deep. Anyway, this is Annabelle Stealth, and I'm, I want you to know I'm with you 100%. Um, keep going and keep it up. You're a hard worker. I appreciate you calling in. Again, guys, the phone line's right in. I do. I am going to take the ring off. I just, and I know how to. I just did not have the time to do it. I've been going over a lot of stuff. Uh, for you guys that just came in, we played an EVP earlier, and you can rewind it and hear the story about it. But I'm going to play the EVP now. It's an EVP somebody sent to me, and they wanted me to clean it up. I digitally cleaned it up to where you can hear it better. Um, EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. It's where people try to contact spirits with a, a recording device going on. So at the time, they don't hear anything, but they listen to the recording later. A lot of times they hear stuff. When I originally got filed, you couldn't hear anything. All you heard is like, psh, psh. that's all you heard. And there's a, this person took an app before and they tried to amplify the sound because it was low and it brought in a lot of garbage junk into the audio. So I cleaned the garbage out and what we have left is this. I got to pull it up again here. So you guys can listen to it. If you guys want to talk about a paranormal experience you have of EVPs. We got a little bit of time for that. Hello. 
I didn't hear it as well that time. Let's try it again. So I'm hearing a yes, I'm here. All right, there it is. I'm going to put a link to the file so you can click on and listen to it on the bottom of our show notes and to the links to all the stories we're going over tonight. All right, I have some breaking news for you. This is some news uh, that is breaking, as in breaking news. An Arizona man is arrested in Texas related to an alleged assault, attempted kidnapping of a pregnant real estate agent. This is another sad story, but again, this is top of the headlines this morning. I didn't make it sad on purpose, I promise you. You know, it's one thing if you're a retailer and not as many customers are buying, but what happens when many are just stealing? Well, well, that's great, Fox, but that's not what we're talking about, is it? Oh, come on, you. Authorities in El Paso, Texas, arrested a suspect last week related to an alleged assault and attempted kidnapping of a pregnant real estate agent in Tucson, Arizona. Juan Nunley Jr. was arrested Wednesday and booked as a fugitive from Arizona in El Paso County Jail under the alias Doncetti de Vanassie de Navassa. Oh, my. According to court records reported by a Tucson outlet, Nunley allegedly assaulted the pregnant real estate agent with a weapon and attempted to restrain her while she was offering a home tour to prospective buyers in Tucson on October 8th. There's a picture of the low-life drop-shipping smacker-jacker right there, Juan Nunley Jr. Wait till you hear what he did. The real estate agent was able to escape and call 911, but she reportedly miscarried three days later because of her injuries. I want to know what you guys think about this. It depends on, I don't know if it's political or not. I'm not sure if it's spiritual. I don't know how you'd categorize where in a category these beliefs would be. But is he responsible for the murder of the baby if a baby's not a baby until it's born? Or do you think a baby is a baby? If a woman is pregnant, then she's pregnant with a baby. What? How do you feel about that? Call me, tell me. Following their investigation, detectives identified Nunley as a suspect and obtained an arrest warrant. Yes, he caused their harm, but did he cause infanticide? Authorities had been offering a $13,000 reward for information that would lead to Nunley's arrest. Nunley's been convicted of crimes and sentenced to jail multiple times in Prima County and Graham County, Arizona, during the past two decades, according to Arizona Department of Corrections. What do you got? Man, I'm telling you, there's some bad stories here. Really bad stories taking me back. All right, now this one, this is a bit of a mystery, and it's causing a stir. 
Uh, we talked earlier about police not doing their jobs. I was involved, or I was investigating a murder one time, and I found out that deaths were being uh, categorized incorrectly because of political reasons. And this story perhaps might be an outliner of that. Perhaps I'll tell you guys that story in the future. I have to wait. I have to wait. Unfortunately, I'm constrained on talking to you guys about that right now. But a Princeton, a Princeton student died. Her classmates want to know what happened. Late in the afternoon on... Thursday, October 20th, the executive vice president of Princeton University emailed a notice to the community announcing that Mishra Adwunti, a member of the class of 2024, had been found dead on the New Jersey campus earlier that day, missing since Sunday. She had come to this country from Ethiopia where she was a child. When she was a child and her family had begun to worry when she did not show up for an appointment related to her application for American citizenship the day before. The exhaustive search that followed involved campus security, local police officers, bloodhounds, drones, and divers. Given the autopsy had not been released and that a toxicology report would probably take until February because of uh, pandemic-related lab backlogs, the administration could not provide a cause of death. But they released from the coroner's office that that there was no apparent um, suspicion of murder, and it had to be probably something from natural causes. They found her body laying right behind a tennis court. They said there was no obvious signs of in- injury. What students wanted just as much consolation was an understanding of what happened. All this was unfolding at a time when a distrust of law enforcement and institutional privilege was running high. Some were not inclined to take what they had at face value, even though it was a Ivy League campus. The absence of real information left a churn of speculation. Her body was found in a relatively remote spot, and it had more questions. The, the one professor explained the young men and women in our classroom were outraged over what they perceived as a lack of transparency. Yunate, Yunati, who had graduated as a valedictorian of her Catholic high school, she had a full ride to Princeton, and there were some data points that triggered alarm. First, it was reported that Her family said that her phone had been active for the last time around 3 a.m. on Sunday, not on campus, but in a residential neighborhood two miles away. And the second one is on October 15th, 15th, just before she was declared missing. Campus security has sent an email with the subject heading suspicious incident. This is before she was declared missing. Personnel responded to report that an unknown individual had removed a student's door from its hinges. The man was wearing the neon yellow shirt of a repairman, but according to the room's occupant, uh, Mikhail uh, Merin, 
No work order had been filed for any fixes to the room. A spokesperson for the university said it could not comment. Uh, but a sophomore and a member of a student committee in which she advocates public safety, uh, she returned to her dorm room to find a note on the door. It's still off his hinges, and the note said, Be nice. Now, this, this uh, young lady, rather, she was so shaken up bef- about it, she took a break from school and came back. When she came back, uh, she's still freaked out about it. She has security cameras installed. Now, I, I'm, this is an article, a brand-new article that just came up. It caught my attention because it is like colleges don't want people to think there's killers on the loose. How dangerous is this? It's like they have a natural camouflage, a natural uh, cover because of the way the administration handles it. Isn't that horrible? And they say that we shouldn't talk about it, yet this story here hasn't hit the national headlines. How many of you guys heard about this? I'm looking in the chat room right now. How many of you guys heard about this? Because no, no, nobody's talking about it. It does. It's not the kind of thing that people are interested in, apparently. I don't know. Is she from the wrong country? Is she the wrong color? Is that what it is? Uh, is it because it was one person and not four? I'm just wondering. This is a mystery. We're going to continue to cover that case and all the cases that we've gone over today. I'd like to thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it very much. If you guys would like to call in and leave a voicemail message, you can anytime the show's not live and leave up to a three-minute voicemail message. I don't watch TV, guys. I don't watch it at all. I'd rather spend time here with you guys talking, going over it myself, us discussing it together because... Like the gentleman that just called earlier, you guys are a wealth of knowledge that I don't have. I'm not on here for my knowledge. I'm here for your knowledge. You can share it together. Thank you guys for sharing this time with me. It means a lot. If you have anything you'd like to email me, it's midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. I appreciate all of you guys. Uh, Please subscribe and hit that bell. That is your radio. That lets you, that enables you to join the conversation. And when we go live, you guys will know it first. Again, thank you very much. Till next time, all my best.